What's up guys, Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of the Combat Review, the MMA podcast. Let's just get right into it. Um, let's just immediately get into how insane this is. This is crazy. This is crazy. Really think about stopping this from her and the coaches. <laughs> He points out the DC. He's even listening to the commentary team. Oh my God. Oh my God. He literally. I can't even begin to. Uh, like, I can't even be. This man literally looked 45 degrees away from his opponent in a cage fight said i'm the best boxer in the ufc baby and nailed him with a right hand i mean just annihilated his face just just ended his existence just clobbered his soul grafted his face with his fist he just stamped him like a letter with his hand while talking about being the best boxer in the UFC and then going on to dodge like what five punches and continue fighting I saw a, a post on reddit that was saying that that is the hardest thing they have seen someone do the hardest thing they have ever seen seen somebody do inside of the cage and I have to say like North of the Stockton slap, there's not much else you can do than that. That is pretty hardcore. That is pretty gangster. I'm not going to lie. Max Holloway looked phenomenal. I mean, he always looks good. And let me tell you something about Max Holloway. Max Holloway is, is, is a fighter that you, you always underestimate. You always think that he's in more danger than he is. And he somehow proves that he's not even close not even close to being in danger. The first time Max Holloway fought Alexander Volkanovsky, I had picked him to win and he lost, but he didn't lose very bad. The second time I, I, I had picked Alexander Volkanovsky to win because I thought that Max what lost the first time, so he must lose again, right? Max absolutely spanks Volkanovsky and is robbed of a decision. When, Brack's, when Max had to fight Brian Ortega, I thought Brian Ortega might actually be able to pull out a win over Max Holloway. He spanks Brian Ortega. Max Holloway has to fight Calvin Cater. I say to myself, he could lose. It's a possibility. Max removes from everybody's mind that that could have ever been a possibility. That could never have been a possibility. In the last four fights that Max has had at this in this weight class, He's only really lost one. And even in that fight, he didn't lose that badly. He lost a, 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 a decision. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I will not deny this. But. Is he the best boxer in the UFC? No, that's crazy. You couldn't say that. 
he's not the best boxer in the UFC. I mean, Conor McGregor even quoted this tweet, quoted this tweet and responded with LOL. I guess Conor's suggesting that he's the best boxer in the UFC, but that's not even true. Conor McGregor is not even the best counter-striker in the UFC. I think that title belongs to Israel Adesanya. He's one of the best counter-strikers, but I don't think he's the best. The best boxer in the UFC? That's got to be a tie between Dustin Poirier and, Cord and Cody Garbrandt. Like, straight boxer. And if you don't believe me, I mean, think about it like this. Max Holloway didn't outbox Dustin Poirier when they fought. Or maybe he did. Maybe he did, and Dustin Poirier's punches were just more effective when they landed. But I'll say straight up that Dustin Poirier stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Max Holloway. They fought, and Max Holloway did not uh, conclusively outbox him. Cody Garbrandt's hands are also, you know, to die for. They're good hands. Best boxer in the UFC? I don't think you could take that title, Max. I don't think he could take that title. He did look phenomenal, though. And, and, and honestly, he deserves to fight for that belt again. And he deserves to win it. I mean, if he doesn't win that belt again sometime soon, I'm going to be sad. You know, I know he doesn't really care about it, but I'm going to be depressed if he doesn't win that belt, man. Because he won that second fight. I believe this. I believe he lost the first fight with Volkanovski, but he definitely won the second. And he deserves the belt. Now, I feel bad for Alexander Volkanovsky because I feel as if Alexander Volkanovsky has had his entire championship reign marred by Max Holloway. It's like he's got this belt, but it doesn't mean anything because nobody recognizes it. I mean, that's really got to suck. And the most he can do is tweet... You looked good tonight, Max, but you don't do those kind of numbers when I'm standing in front of you. That was the most that Alexander Volkanovsky could tweet back at Max Holloway. Now, when I say numbers, I'm talking about all of the records that Max broke. Trying to trying to find uh, trying to find the the amount of um, the amount of uh, strikes for Max Holloway. Because he broke a bunch of records. He broke a bunch of records. So significant strikes landed. 445. The previous was 290. Significant strikes attempted. 744. 
Distance strikes landed, 439. Head strikes landed, 274. Body strikes landed, 117. Significant strikes landed in a round, 141. Total strikes landed, 447. Total strikes attempted, 746. Now, let me tell you something. He's he's literally one of the greatest of all time. Like, he's probably the greatest featherweight like of all time. I mean, he just destroyed Jose Aldo on two different occasions. And even if Conor McGregor could get into a ring with him and knock him out, I think that you could attribute that to Conor McGregor having the power to knock somebody out, not Conor McGregor being the most skilled or or, or best featherweight of all time. Now, that's just my opinion when it comes to if you stack these featherweights against each other, let's be real here. If you take power out of the equation, who's going to win the fight? That's kind of the way I see it when we're talking about the greatest of all time. Because the greatest of all time, that's a skill thing. If Francis Ngannou knocks Stipe Miocic out in their next fight, I'm not calling Stipe, uh, Francis Ngannou the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's the greatest in the world. He's a champion of the world, but he's not going to be the greatest of all time at that point simply because he's got the power to knock people unconscious. Like the Bronze Bomber is not like the greatest boxer of all time. He's actually not even that good of a boxer from what I saw. He's just got a lot of power. Now that's not to say that that's what Conor McGregor is. Conor McGregor isn't just some dude with a bunch of power. He's got a bunch of skill as well. But I think Conor McGregor needs to do more in the featherweight division to be considered, would have had to do more in the featherweight division to be considered the greatest featherweight of all time. That's all I'm saying. Now, if he wants to be considered the, the greatest lightweight of all time, he's going to have to outdo Habib, and I don't know how exactly he's going to do that. First step, I guess, would be to beat Habib. But I don't know if he's going to get that fight with Habib. To be honest with you, I think he will, because I think that the stylistic matchup of Poirier versus McGregor is bad for Poirier. Poirier is an attrition-based fighter. He beats you up. That doesn't going to work with Conor McGregor. Like, if you've got any sort of chin compromise, if, you, if your chin is compromised in any way around Conor McGregor, you need to worry about surviving the entire fight with him. He He's going to knock you out. Like, it's just the way he is. I, I won't deny that Conor McGregor has skill and he's going to find your chin. Like, whether or not you, you want to believe it, eventually he's going to find it. For that reason, I think that he's probably going to beat Dustin Poirier and he's probably going to get that title fight because he's going to, if when he beats Poirier, he's not just going to beat Poirier. He's going to knock him out. That's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to knock Dustin Poirier unconscious. I don't think he's going to like go five rounds with him. I don't think that Conor McGregor in this state of mind with this amount of focus could could go into a fight with Dustin Poirier, somebody who's going to stand in front of him and throw strikes and not knock him out. Conor would have to miss so much in 25 minutes for that fight to go the distance. Or Dustin Poirier would have to knock Conor out, which Dustin Poirier isn't known for having a, a you know a massive amount of power. So I don't see that happening. You'd have to be silly to bet your money on Poirier. 
in my personal opinion. Stylistically, it's just a bad fight for him. Right? Now, when he fights Habib again, he's got to beat him and then he's got to he's got to beat him and then he's got to solidify his own legacy in the lightweight division by beating everybody else who's a contender and then we could consider calling Conor McGregor the greatest lightweight of all time so he's got to beat like Michael Chandler he's going to have to beat whoever wins Oliveira and and um Gaethje He's going to have to beat Chandler. He's going to have to beat those. He's going to have to beat whoever wins those, the that match. And uh, probably at that point, you're going to be able to call him one of the greatest. And if he continues to, to, to fend off multiple, multiple up-and-comers, then you might be able to say he's the greatest of all time. Max Holloway, I mean, he's beaten basically everybody. Like he's beaten everybody. He's got like one of the longest, I think the longest, one of the longest winning streaks in the featherweight division. Annihilated the the king of the featherweight division twice. Like, so that it wasn't, you couldn't say that it was a fluke. You couldn't say that it was a lucky shot or whatever. He's the greatest featherweight of all time. He's the greatest featherweight. Um... But he's not the greatest boxer. He's not the greatest boxer, man. I don't think you could say he's the greatest boxer. Skill-wise, I don't think that that's that's a that's a that's a a title that you can give to him. Once again, man, uh, I feel bad for for Alexander Volkanovsky, but. Let's not beat that dead horse. Um, speaking of the lightweight division, so we were supposed to get an answer from Dana White about Habib and whether or not whether or not he was going to come back and fight. And Habib basically said, show me something. Habib basically said, um, I will come back and fight if somebody impresses me with their performance. Now, after what Charles Oliveira did, I don't know how you cannot be impressed. Straight up. I mean, if, if I was Habib, I'd be like, okay, let me fight Charles Oliveira. But I guess he wants to see what he does to Justin Gaethje. Now, I love Charles Oliveira, so I'm hoping that Charles Oliveira chokes Justin Gaethje out with a triangle choke exactly the way that he did, that Habib did. That's what I'm hoping for. I've been watching Charles Oliveira for a long time, and I had actually been thinking to myself, I just like this guy because he's like this jujitsu whiz, he's got the most submissions in the UFC, he's great, he's great to watch on the ground, blah, 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 blah. Then he started knocking people unconscious. And over time, I've seen this guy's game develop, and he's become a complete mixed martial arts fighter. It's actually terrifying, because the the amount of growth, the amount of growth that happened between oh my god, what fight was it? 
the amount of growth that happened between uh, his fight with the Motown Phenom and the one he had before that was insane. It was like you were looking at somebody who was a completely different fighter. And he's just getting better. Like, he just annihilated Tony Ferguson. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the annihilation of Tony Ferguson coming, I'm being honest. But I, I really think that that's a good fight for Habib. I don't think that Habib is going to lose to Charles Oliveira because I don't think that Charles Oliveira is going to be able to get his body into... Because Habib is all about positions, right? He wins because he gets his opponents into positions in which they can't defend themselves, right? He's not going to put himself into a triangle choke or something like that. Like, that's not going to happen. In order for Charles to set up any sort of submission, he's going to have to have some sort of freedom to move on the ground. Habib takes that freedom away from you. So I don't think he's going to get caught in a triangle or something like that. Habib is much smarter than that, and he doesn't actually play around in the guard all too often. Right? Now, he might get guillotined. That's a possibility. He could get guillotined. But uh, I think that Habib would... I think Habib would be able to take him down and, and control him on the ground. I think he would be able to. I think he'd be able to hold him down. I don't think that... Charles Oliveira would be able to move enough. I think the strength of Habib would be too much, even for a jiu-jitsu guy. If that fight stayed on the feet, though, Habib would be freaked. He would be freaked. Oh, my God. He would be fudge-sickled if that fight stayed on the feet because Charles Oliveira is a better striker than Habib. I'm telling you that right now, point blank. Charles Oliveira is a better striker than Habib Nurmagomedov. And he's getting better at striking. So don't sleep on that guy. I want to see him win. I want to see Habib come back. And I and I want to see I want to see I want to see Habib fight fight uh Charles Oliveira. Now because of, you know, who Conor McGregor is, I am aware that that fight is probably going to happen before Charles Oliveira, but I don't think that, I mean, I, I think that Conor McGregor could win against Habib if all he's been doing since fighting Habib has been working on grappling, but unless that's all Conor McGregor has been doing, then I think that Habib is just going to win that fight again, honestly. And because I'm not just going to bet that Conor McGregor has been doing that, I put my money down on Habib again because I had it on him the first time. Not to brag or anything. I mean, a little bit of a brag, but whatever. First time they fought, I was like, Habib's going to win. I wanted Habib to win. So maybe that helped as well. In any case, Habib has basically just left it up left it up in the air like maybe the fight happens maybe the fight happens maybe I come back and fight show me something impress me which is funny you know it's funny I mean Habib is basically asking for entertainment 
<laughs> Habib is like Habib is like Caesar at the Roman games sitting there with like grapes being dropped into his mouth watching gladiators fight in the arena. He's like make me make me make my day. Make me enjoy this. And Nate Diaz tweeted, this is, I swear this is the most Nate Diaz tweet I have, I had ever seen. Nate Diaz tweeted, quote, Khabib, no H, <laughs> no H, spells his name wrong. Khabib is a pussy for real. <laughs> In response to this announcement. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was so funny. That is the most Nate Diaz tweet ever. Spells his name wrong, calls him a pussy for real. Whew. As you guys can see, I got I got a grappling dummy. Honestly, guys, if you're looking to train during the pandemic, and you want a training partner, but you don't have one, a grappling dummy is not worth it. It's not worth it. Grappling dummies are not worth it, especially the way I did mine. I just filled it with clothes. I didn't like put any sort of tubing in it or anything like that. It's just like a limp, it's just like a limp freaking limp body you know and uh, my phone keeps getting spammed it's awful I think I'm gonna have to change my number which I really don't want to have to do but I think I'm gonna have to change my number um, Anyways, it sucks. Don't get one. It's not worth it. I got this grappling dummy, and uh, I just didn't put any tubing or anything in it, and it's just clothes or whatever, and it's, like, impossible to work anything on it because it doesn't s sit up on its own. Like it, it's like, a, it's like if you had a partner that just played dead all the time. It sucks, man. And I don't know what to do. Like I don't know what to do. I don't want to. I don't want to go out of my way to get all the tubing and stuff required for this dummy. Like it's it's an investment that I'm not willing to put into the dummy. I, I just don't have the energy or the time. You know, or, or or really the space to even work with it. It sucks, man. But there it is. It's there. It's a part of the decor now. So, there's the grappling dummy. You know, I didn't actually know that they had medical suspensions in the UFC, but they do. They do have medical suspensions, and Calvin Cater was suspended for 180 days or until his nose is cleared by a doctor. He's also suspended for 45 days with no contact. 
That's how badly he got his ass whooped. They were like, you need 180 days to get your to get your ish back together. You were injured that badly. But medical suspensions are good though, because I feel like fighters are the kinds of people who would get back into the gym way too early, like way before they should. I didn't realize they had these though. I thought you just recovered, and when you, when you recovered, you recovered. You know what I mean? But, like, everybody got a medical suspension. Like, basically, everybody on the card got, like, a 30-day medical suspension. You had a 30-day medical suspension minimum, apparently. But that's good. That's good. I'm glad they're doing that. I'm glad the UFC is investing in, you know, research for brain trauma and, 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 and doing, doing medical suspensions. I'm glad. It makes me happy. There are a bunch of fights today, too. There are, like, there are three events this week. It's crazy. There's so many fights already that I haven't even watched. Like, I haven't even watched the prelims. I haven't even watched all the prelims on the last fight card. And they weren't even bad. Like, the prelims weren't bad. They were all right from what I've seen so far. But there's already been an entire other event that I have not watched. And it happened in the middle of the day today while I was at work. I got notifications while at work that this event was going on. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Like why they even just pushed this event in is beyond me. Makes no sense. But it, but it happened. Anyways, man. That's it for today's show. Not really that much going on. Not really that much to talk about. Combat Addict out.